Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Today is Eileen Lichtenstein, who has specialized for over 20 years in personal development coaching and training, which includes stress and anger reduction management. Her background includes biofeedback, adjunct at Hofstra University, certified anger management specialist, and emotional freedom techniques practitioner. She has also authored a book entitled Soar with Resilience. And some of the things that are uh, addressed in that book are how to be successful, how to overcome obstacles, how to achieve your goals, and how to reduce stress and anger. So quite a variety of subjects, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to share with us, and many of us will relate with what she has to say and hopefully gain some real insight and tips. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much, Carol. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. Um, The first thing I wanted to ask you was about some of the things that made you, that brought you to the place where you are today, successful, Um, obviously resilient and focused. So I think everybody is looking for these in their own life. And you had experienced, um, like I said, some things that would definitely have contributed to that. There There are subjects that you are passionate about. I'm sure of that. And I read part of your book. I was not able to read it all yet, but it is definitely motivating. So what... In particular, do you want to share with our listeners that motivated you some of these areas in your life that you experienced? Sure. There was a period of time in my life where there was a lot of negativity, some from the world and some internal, some physical that contributed to my emotional state at the time. And Um, Then things such as uh, having difficulty finding new employment after my um, employment was downsized at Hofstra University and and lots of different uh, factors. And that also included, in, in addition to the unemployment, it was during the time around 9-11 and I live in Long Island, New York, mm. even even though I'm so grateful that no one 
personally, no one personal to me, you know, relatives or, yes, or yes. friends were affected. But anyone who who lives yes. <laughs> and breathes was affected by this event. And if you're a New Yorker, you were highly affected. The world so, was affected, Eileen, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I said anyone who lives and breathes. Exactly. You know. Yes. So there was that personally as well as being uh not having any employment at the time i was going through perimenopause which was very extreme for me and i was i was um receiving alternative treatments to help me and it was still extreme the treatments being uh, i'll share with you acupuncture helped me enormously tremendously i would drive with the windows down in january to the (laughs) to the acupuncture place which was um a, a college they had supervised students working there and it wasn't around the corner and sometimes i would get there and they'd say why didn't you just go to the emergency room in your neighborhood as they as they proceeded both Eastern and Western medicine to bring down my pulse, you know, yeah. first of all, and and then to cool me off, second of all, right? So things like that were going on physically. And during this difficult period of time, um, my personal life was almost falling apart. My marriage was highly affected by my own stress, physical and emotional stress levels. Um, My husband, who's doing wonderfully now, was in a very difficult time of his employment, and he was under a great deal of stress. So both of us, we kept clashing like that, as as I observe now, with a lot of hindsight, many clients doing, you know. Yes. And my wonderful children had each decided on their own for very different reasons to live in Europe. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So now they are actually still there, as I was um, just explaining to Carol on a previous conversation. I am so grateful now for this Skype, this video Skype and related, you know, online things you could do or I wouldn't be living here anymore because they're very happily situated, employed. They each have a, a young son, you know, my, and we see each other. We can, thank goodness, I'm very grateful for this. We can, right. we are able each side, you know, to cross this big pond. <laughs> so I see them several times a year, either here or there. And it's all good now. Then it was the opposite of that. And no matter what I tried to do, it seemed like nothing was happening um, easily. And nothing positive was happening at all, it, it almost seemed. But yet, you know, when I, I knew and I heard and I read and all that kind of thing, you can't be depressed if you're grateful so I kept trying to live that 
with being grateful nothing happened to my family or anyone I know personally in the 9-11 scenario. So so that helped a little bit, you know, with my frame of mind at the time. Yes, yes. However, it was doing absolutely nothing about my family living in Europe, you know, and thank goodness they were safe and sound. It, it was really a very difficult time. Um, if I may interject here, what I'm hearing yeah. you saying is the reality was what it is. That's the emotions right. were what they were. And the two just weren't connecting. Because even though you changed your emotions, you could not change your reality. Is that That's correct. And okay. so many times, as you well know, Carol, we just cannot change our circumstances. Yes. You know? And as much as we want to, as much as many of us try to do that, and we have we ask for help if we can and, and we get it if it's available, sometimes it's just not possible. So <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. And I I appreciate it what you said about um, because there is a real campaign, if you may, to be grateful. And it certainly is a wonderful state to live in, is a a state of being grateful. But that does not necessarily change, like I just said, and you confirmed the reality, the circumstances. And so what did you do to have the two come together? Uh, Okay, and I'll be happy to share that for a period of time, I decided together with my medical support team to go on antidepressants, and it really helped me at the time. And with that, I was able to exercise again, which is a very strong um, defense against feeling negative yes exercise just the physicality of it helps to produce hormones that help you feel better and release hormones that make you feel badly so that in itself plus of course the um physical you know perks of it and and just feeling better and i had been an avid exerciser before all this happened really actually part of my position at Hofstra was teaching yoga every day I was in the health and phys ed department and I owned before that before I worked at Hofstra I owned my own dance and exercise studio Hmm. and I I stopped doing that because of uh, this was a whole. I'm going to speak of this briefly, but it changed my path amazingly. I was in an accident that I recovered from fully pretty quickly because I was in such good physical condition. But it caused me to close the dance and exercise studio at the time, and that is when. I decided to do something that I could do even if I wasn't able to walk well. Mm -hmm. That's when I went for the training as a biofeedback practitioner. That's where I learned the relaxation techniques that I still use that for clients, of course for myself always, but um, 
that I still use and are in the curriculum for anger management. In the trainings I took, I was astounded that half of the curriculum for anger management is actually mindfulness-based stress reduction, which includes relaxation breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, these things you may have heard of if you've taken yoga and if you've um, ever been guided by a therapist or coach through relaxation and so on. And, and it really changed the course of my whole life, knowing these techniques in a different way than simply the um, cardio cool down I was doing leading <laughs> in the dance and exercise studio, you know, where I was kind of a wellness coach, even though not officially. So that's a little more background there. It's pretty interesting how everything has now really come together. And how long ago was this, Eileen? Um, with just the bio. But when you made when you made the change, like when you began to see a change in your with, own life. Yes, yes. Um, it it was about you know, about fifteen years ago. So you're you're soaring now, just as your book title says. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And people who meet me now for the first time think may think, and some of them have told me, so I know they think that I, I'm just like an optimist. I've always been happy. <laughs> well, that's nice for them to think, but um, it's not true. And I'm very proud that I've come out you know, come out of the tunnel. Yes. And it, it took me a long time to to be in the right place to even talk about this as I am now and as I did in my book and so on. Many years past it to be able to do that. So now, um, with that said, I, I will add that in addition to the medication therapist uh exercise, what helped me enormously at that period of dark period of time was positive visualizations um, and meditation, which I learned, and also a technique called reframing, which as coaches, Carol, you and I certainly understand, and many people don't realize that if you just try to shift your perspective, you can see things you can really and truly see things differently, and it can be very helpful. That's right. I totally agree with you. I think that focus is, you know, what do we focus on, right? And for years, when you're in a negative state, as many people have been, it's difficult to change that focus because everything yes. around you is negative. And so we need techniques to be able to change that and as we change that it changes our lives and then we wonder just like you said how how did we ever live the, back there you know, yes. how did we function like that when you can function so much better exactly well that is good news I'm I, I can see that you're very focused <laughs> if I may overuse that word no and, there's no overuse of that word <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, I, in looking over your book, I some of the well, all the chapter titles intrigued me. You know, many times when we look at a book, I mean, 
um, well, first of all, many books don't have titles to their chapters, but yours did. And I appreciated that because you can go through it and go, oh, you know, and that ring a bell. and Oh, yes, I want to read that one, etc. So I picked a few and I thought maybe uh, we could just touch on these. And if there's any other one that you really would like to share, you know, feel free. That would be great. Sure. The first one that, that got my attention was Five Minute Stress Busters. Well, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and then you can go into it. Okay. My book is um, a combination of text and interactive worksheets, like as in a workbook. But you can you can see it. Uh, with them or without them as you choose and um, I I just want to quickly this is kind of funny tell you how this book came about sure sure, uh, physically came about is at the time I was an adjunct at a CUNY school Mega Evers College and I was being um, sent out to give trainings to some of the city agencies such as um, New York City Head Start and social work agencies and these kind of staff development uh, trainings. And I would give my supervisor like 20 to 30 pages to staple together as handouts. Oh my <laughs> and and he, he couldn't do it anymore. And he said, Eileen, you really need to write a book or at least a workbook. <laughs> So that exactly, you knew what you had to do. That was your new focus. <laughs> That's right. It's, it was so you, it was like sink or swim with that, you know. <laughs> so did you take time off to do that, or? No, I actually had most of the material all set, and it took me a summer. Oh my um, goodness! That's cool. yeah. So I I wrote, of course, the story, you know, my own story yeah. and and all the things around the worksheets, the how tos and way um, that kind of thing. I I wrote out, and that's what took the time. I had all these worksheets that I had already created, yeah. and and um, had my webmaster help me to. I mean, he actually formatted it. We published it together. It was pretty amazing to do that. It looks great. It just thank it, you. Yeah, it's a very uplifting type, you know, of a cover, and it looks great. Okay, so give us some five-minute stress busters if you can. Okay. Well, I'm not looking at the book, so <laughs> let me. Oh, I'm testing you now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Deep breathing always works. That in a as a temporary uh, three deep breaths, relaxation breaths, diaphragmatic breaths like that um, to intercept the stress because stress is cumulative. So if you intercept it physically with these three relaxation breaths, it can do that. So I hope that's in the five minutes stress busters there. Okay. <laughs> and, and then something else you could do um, for a little longer period of time is uh, progressive muscle relaxation, which is uh, a technique I have, which is also on an audio program that um, I have available called Moving Meditation Fitness, and it's it's a guided relaxation as well as movement on there. You can see that on my website as well. Okay. So that's very helpful because sometimes people say, oh, just relax. And it's like the furthest thing 
that mm-hmm. anyone could do at that moment. But this progressive relaxation technique kind of gets rid of that muscular tension um, pretty quickly. So you can actually try to do the relaxation breathing and a more sustained time for relaxing. Now, the, another chapter title that I picked out, which was completely, I personally think, completely different than, than what you've touched on already, but it intrigued me, okay. and that was 10 Tips for Time Management. Right. Now, I could almost see the PowerPoint slide, but as I said, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> I'm putting you so. to the test, Eileen. Yeah, you really are, Carol, but I love it. It's good. It's all good. I'm glad I didn't study for this for this <laughs> talk. <laughs> so, yeah, having a good sense of humor is is also another uh, de-stress tip. Laughter. I'm just going That's back right. for a minute because we are right. laughing a lot. And I'm, I'm not stressed about this, but if I was someone else, I might be. So, anyway, laughing is always good. Um, okay, time management or managing your time. There's no such thing as time management, but you can manage yourself. And one of, one of the things that's very clear is give yourself permission to reprioritize. That is, if you're allowed to, if it's not a work-related thing that, that you cannot do. But if, if you're in charge of something, of doing a project, not doing a project, when to begin it, and so on. Give yourself permission to reprioritize. If it's no longer important and you've been procrastinating, toss it out. So many people sit with things and and ruminate over, oh, I haven't done that yet, or whatever they say. And it's not even important anymore. So that's something that you can reevaluate. Another thing that I've been talking about lately that actually is not on that list, but it's really excellent, is to create a time in the day as a worry time so that if recurring thoughts about something keep popping in that you're worried about, say, no, I, th- I think about that at 4 o'clock or whatever <laughs> time you've designated. Very interesting, yes. Whatever time, okay, that, that is doable, you know, approximately the same time every day. Um, with that, some people find it really helpful to write it down, the subject or the, the thing that's worrying them, and they put it in an envelope. And either they look at it during their worry time or once a week. And I've heard usually by the time they look at it, they're no longer worried about it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. absolutely amazing. You hear that a lot, and it's, you know, the all the energy that we spend worrying about stuff that will never happen. The, um, uh, the statistic for the amount of things that actually occur that you worry about is so teeny. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something like um, 92% of what we worry about does not ever happen. Right. That is pretty amazing. And I know that's quoted in the book there somewhere. So keeping that in mind. But that's the issue right there, though, isn't it, Eileen? Keeping yeah. that in mind. We forget right. when something is in front of us and we are worried about it, we forget that it probably won't happen. <laughs> that's right. It's really things, things just take on a whole different 
form when we're worried. And especially if it's things out of our control, like our family, yeah. you know, or, or a situation like 9-11. Yeah. Or, you know, where, where you have no control. I think that's, don't you think that that's where a lot of our worries come from? Absolutely. In fact, that is one of the definitions of stress is feeling out of control of a situation. And another word that is actually congruent with the word stress is overwhelm. So if you think about that a moment, how true is that, right? Absolutely. Now, you kind of touched on the next chapter here, which was setting priorities. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, If you find yourself procrastinating, there's a modality that I work with that we haven't spoken about yet. It's called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, Tapping. And this modality is so effective with reversing fear, reducing stress and anger that I've actually gotten permission from my Anger Management Association to use it, to incorporate it as, you know, with these people that are court mandated. Uh. And... Of course, they're not my only clients, may I add, right now, since I said that. But it it works with everyone. And if I had known about it in that 15-year-ago period, I'm sure I could have helped myself a lot faster. So it's very extraordinarily helpful in reversing procrastination because that in itself is always based on fear. So you really the, that expound, on, expound on that a little bit. Oh, sure. I'm happy to. It's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> um, you can have fear of failure, fear of being judged, fear of being controlled and or fear of success. So the fears can be all four or they can be one. It, it doesn't matter, any combination of them, but procrastination is always based on, on one or more of those fears. Okay. Um, all right. No, that was good. I appreciate that. That. Um, yeah, sure. So I, I can um, definitely see the correlation there. Yeah. So with prioritizing, just um, keep in mind, as we said before, that it's still relevant and consider you know, the outcomes and be specific. There's something called SMART goals and it stands for specific, um, oh dear, what's the M? (laughs) I'm not thinking of it at the moment, but be specific and then the T is timely, the M is measurable. There we go. Be specific. It's measurable. It's, you, you have to be accountable and, um, oh, why did I even bring this up? That's it's okay. It'll come. It'll come. <laughs> but anyway, the thing about being specific and, and measurable, it's like someone says, oh, I have to lose weight. You have to say how much weight. It's like, oh, I want to make more money. How much more money? It's, it's you really need this specific goal in mind. Yes, yes in order for it to happen. I want new, I want more clients. How many more clients? Mm-hmm. In what amount of time? Like that, you know? Do you so believe in that, setting long-term goals or short-term to accomplish your long-term? That's right. Um, the long-term goals is, is can be a big picture, 
you know, several years away, or it could be in a year, depending who you are and how your life is happening. And a short-term goal, you could have weekly goals, daily goals. So it's very important to keep um, examining. And if you like to visualize, you can see your day in the morning before you start it and just visualize it in a very successful, powerful way. It's very empowering to do that. The next one I have here is saying no with style. It took me most of my life to figure out how to say no. Yes. (laughs) I'm not saying yes, I know that. I'm just saying. I know, I know what you're saying. (laughs) And that that is, we don't want to offend. We don't want to, you know, there's so many emotions wrapped around saying no. So talk to us about that. Sure. We all need to establish boundaries, personal boundaries and guidelines and and to be assertive in our own right and not let anyone step into our uh, emotional or physical space, which would be stepping over our boundaries, those are the people and things we need to say no to, and it is so, so, so important. The next one I have here is communication styles. Right. So tell us about some communication styles. Certainly will. What do you mean by that? Okay. This is based on the coach corporate coach university for styles of communication that uh, is a little different from other uh, programs that talk about communication styles, but I think this is really easy to understand. And it's good to understand these different styles so you could see how not everyone is the same as you and if someone is exhibiting some style not like yours you could say oh that's because they're mostly a director style of Mm -hmm. communication or that's because they're mostly here are the other three there's director there is presenter which we are right now there (laughs) there is mediator and there is someone who's super analytical a statistician kind of person. So within those four styles, there are positive and negatives. And they are somewhat stereotypical. And most people have more than one style. And most people do have a predominant style. And in addition to these four styles, then there are generational differences in ways We all communicate, and there are some cultural styles and differences. So it's just um, really helpful to have a knowledge of the different ways people communicate that may not be the same as your own, so you can be more tolerant. That's an excellent point. I was going to ask you that, actually, so you answered it, is understanding the styles and how to how to deal with them right is that what the chapter deals with okay yes it's how it's part of understanding how to prevent bullying for instance okay 
and how to deal with difficult people and so on. Those are the people we say no to, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you must. You must say no to <laughs> Absolutely. Them. Now, what about your entrepreneur stress test? Okay. <laughs> I haven't taken that intriguing. in a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what um, does that mean? Well, entrepreneurs have different uh, some different challenges and other business owners okay because they often well there are a few reasons sometimes they work from the from their homes and they must clearly um, manage their time effectively in order for it to work and if they're not doing that they could be a lot more stress so that's that's one challenge that's addressed on this stress test and um, as we've used the word focused yes we must stay especially focused because there's often so many opportunities out there especially now with the internet mm-hmm. that see um, sometimes it seems like something is really really good and if we don't investigate it fully, we can really be um, misguided. Yes. So there's that, and then there's there's the what I what I call time vampire or time bandit of the internet and all the social media that people could spend way too much time mm-hmm. on, and then get extremely stressed about because they have wasted so much time so it's just good to have these kind of extra awareness if you are an entrepreneur well it's interesting too that you have like uh, worksheets with these so people as they go through them because when they write this down and when they you know are challenged to think about it it definitely puts it into perspective and helps them to really analyze themselves that that's your goal I would assume right yes okay okay Excellent. Um, Is there any particular quote or maybe a couple quotes that have really helped you um, and that you would like to share with our audience that really tell us who you are? Well, there's one quote that that I think everyone, everyone, anyone can benefit by or from, whatever the correct word is there. And that is, um, it's from the book, The Four Agreements, and it's the second agreement, is do not take anything personally. Oh, wow, that's, that's so huge. So, it, it goes, it scans personal and business, everything, and it is personally, <laughs> no pun intended there, helped me enormously it, it can help you deal with difficult people and to say no and to keep your boundaries. And it really, I, I've heard clients say that philosophy, along with everything else in the book and the tapping, you know, the EFT is what I referenced before, emotional mm-hmm. freedom technique, <laughs> has totally turned their perspective 
around in their life for the better. And they include that book, that quote, and there were four agreements, and that is the one that I, you know, all of them are right. necessary okay. and wonderful. So that that quote, that book is by, um, huh, uh, I think Niguel. Well, why don't you Google it, guys? Yes, that, that's the right. Four I, agreements. I think a it's, lot of people are already familiar with it anyway. But yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is my very favorite. And there's lots of quotes. You have the book in front of you, Carol. You want to read a few? No, I don't have it right in front of me. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> so. No, that's fine. Like I just want it, like I said, it's something that, you know, really means something to you. And, mm. and uh, that obviously you did know, it. Let me expand on that a little because if, if you're not familiar with that philosophy as we are, you know, you might say, how could you not take it personally if someone is totally insulting you and accusing you wrongly yes so the thing is every single person sees every single thing from their own perspective and it is not their perspective is not always the truth okay it's not always the way it really is and sometimes someone could be for whatever reasons, I'm not going to name reasons right now, um, believing that they are totally correct and accuse you wrongly of something and to make you really upset uh-huh. and you know deep in your heart that's nothing you did or that's not the way you think or whatever it is. And it can be very, very helpful instead of to possibly cry or scream and yell and react or respond. Foot. Yeah, react. It's very helpful just for a moment to pause and just think those that quote, that thought, and what it means is like, yeah, he thinks he's right or she thinks she's right, and that's not true, and I know it, and I'm going to just stick with that, you know? And that's... The main idea about, you know, saying no, keeping your boundaries. Communication. Communication. The number one rule in anger management is if you're going to, if you feel like you're about to blow your top or blow your fuse, walk away before you may react inappropriately. Again, it's remembering those things when we are in the, in the, throws of them right yes and yes. the more you practice it the more it'll become easier exactly now is there a call to action that you would like to leave with the listeners today any any uh, thing you would like to challenge them with or any final words <laughs> <laughs> final words um i i do offer a free phone 20 minute phone consult okay and I have video Skype sessions as well as in my office in Long Island, New York. And if anyone who's on this call wants to email me or call me about a problem, I will give it 24 hours from now to offer a half-hour free coaching. That's okay? wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So let's give them my... Um, email and my phone number right now okay that is 516 623 
4353. And the email is Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, at balance, B-A-L-A-N-C-E, and A-N-D, power, P-O-W-E-R, dot com. So that's 24 hours uh, from the time this recording is on the air. And you will, and the coaching that I'm offering for this is via phone or Skype. It's not in my office. Okay. So I think that's pretty clear. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. And also, when I do up your web page, everything will be on there. Uh, all your information, um, this broadcast, of course, uh, mm. your book, and um, anything that uh, you know your contact information and everything, it'll all be in one spot. So it makes it very easier for the listeners to contact you and uh, take advantage of the offer. Well, thank you, Eileen. Uh, That was excellent. It certainly was challenging, and I hope that you will get lots of feedback and book sales. And it has been a very unique privilege of having you today and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.